welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergus, and I am joined by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hello, Hi, Jürgen. Tom. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I am good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Good. Enjoying this cold but sunny winter weather. Yes. Yeah, it was very cold this morning, wasn't it? Mm. So what's on the program today, Tom? Actually, the program for today is called Hitting the Pause Button. Hmm. And we've had a bit of a conversation around that before we started recording. So yes. tell us what that's about, Tom. Well, hitting the pause button is really around my thinking that uh, I'm going to take a pause from doing these podcasts. I've been doing them now for more than three years. It's been three, three and a half years, I think, that we've been doing a podcast series. And in light of the COVID-19 situation and also where things are at with me in my life i just thought well i'd like to take a pause on it and try a couple of other different ideas instead hmm. so what what's led you to this i think a number of things one has been the fact that well firstly there as you know you're going you know it takes a fair amount of time effort uh and resources to put a podcast together. Okay, it's not just an easy get on the on the microphone mm. and record. You know, there is quite a bit of a time behind the scenes before that's one right. gets the final product. So that's one time. Uh, and, and secondly, because of that, it's really kind of thinking around well, where do I want to focus focus my time? And as you know, the focus here on this uh, podcast is really around building cultural intelligence for global leaders. That's our focus very much along that space around culture, organizational culture, national cultures, and individual cultures. And mm. my a level of uh, a topic of interest for me over the last couple of years, especially has been the topic of conscious aging. And I want to actually start spending more time on that topic rather than this topic. This is a topic I've been working with now for the last 30 years. And uh, I, f I feel like I, like I like to just refresh my my thinking and, and learn new things in another field. Mm. Fascinating, yes. But you're still going to be working in the area of cultural intelligence, right? It's just a yes. podcast is one thing that that you're putting on pause and, and perhaps it might be reborn in a different format or maybe it'll be replaced by something else. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have uh, the, the, my, my newsletter, my blogs have been going on now for gosh, 10, 15 years or so. And so I did take a pause with that. Actually, I, you know, thinking about it now, I did, I paused my newsletter for a couple of years uh, while I took a sabbatical. Uh, and when I was completing my dissertation, and then I came back in and kickstarted that. So it's the same. It's the same with the podcast. The podcast was an idea that came up around uh, three and a half years ago. We said, "Okay, let's start doing this." And as you know, 
all my initial podcasts was just very much a monologue. It was just me talking and they were between five to seven and eight minutes each. And then part of the, I think, growth or part of how do we constantly improve was then we shifted the format to having conversations with you. Hmm. So demonstrating that I'm constantly trying new things. I've got to try new ideas because that's really what we're on about. It's like, how do we try new ideas? And some ideas work well, some ideas don't work so well. And I think this is an idea whose time I think has come to the stage where I'm, I'm looking at, you know, maybe it's time for me just to give it, give it a rest. Hmm. Okay. And what are some of the things you've learned over the course of the three and a half years or so you've done the podcast? Wow, that's a good question. That's a good question. So the first thing I've learned is that when you have a, and this applies, I suppose, to lots of other things, but when you have a deadline, so e.g., when I have a commitment with you, for instance, to record a number of podcasts, right? Like, you know, we do it monthly and or prior it was with Chad, uh, you know, we do monthly and we do a series of four at a time is that it really forces you to crystallize your thinking around, okay, so what are the topics I want to talk about? So let's review what's happened recently and what are some of the key learnings I can pull out of those things that I can share with the audience. So that's the first thing I've learned is that it forces you actually to do some reflection and pull some lessons out that you can share with others. That's the first thing. Secondly, the second thing is it helps you be more succinct because it's a podcast and we are, so the previous model was talking for seven minutes. We on average talk about say 12 to 15 minutes. So it helps you become succinct. You know, you're not talking for an hour as such. You're not delivering a lecture. So yeah. it helps you, so it helps you kind of be more succinct. And the third thing I've learned from doing podcasts is that it's actually a nice medium to be able to engage in conversations. So you're appealing to those people who, well, firstly, are auditory, right? They like listening to podcasts, which of course that segment of the population has grown tremendously over the last few years, that people now listen to a lot of podcasts. So it appeals to a demographic. You're reaching out to people in a way that so the most people read uh, who listen to my podcast are not people who read my blogs, right? Mm. So it's a different demographic. Yeah, so they're they're the people that prefer to listen rather than to read. That's right. Maybe they're listening whilst they're doing something else or whilst they're out and about, so they don't necessarily have access to the written content. That's what people say. So those who who um, have spoken to me in the past say it's something they do while they're going for a run or they're jogging or whatever. They just play it and they just listen to it while they're doing something else. Hmm. All right. So tell us a little bit more about the conscious aging passion that you're exploring some more. So a lot of it, of course, is self-interest, right? So <laughs> I tend to work in areas... <laughs> that where I have an interest in myself. So hence the whole area, if you think about cultural diversity, when cultural diversity was first introduced to me as a topic by my friend, uh, Dr. Ed Trost, and 
I became more and more involved in it because I could relate to it. I understood it. Growing up in Malaysia, I understood what it was like to navigate the different cultural groupings, the things that you learn very quickly uh, at an early age. And so hence, when I started doing a lot more work in that, it was something that was very personal for me. I was looking at how do we uh, increase inclusion? How do we increase cross-cultural effectiveness? How do we make people more aware of people from different cultures, etc.? It was always was very, very personal for me. And I was very fortunate to be able to work with some really interesting clients who took me all over the world. And I was very, very fortunate uh, about that. Now, in the area of conscious aging, actually going back to the, 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 the diversity piece, of course, recently we've had a lot of conversations around Black Lives Matter. That's really come up and I've been having, I've been having myself a lot of conversations about that. Um, but the conscious aging is something I've been interested in now for the last couple of years. Uh, and that has really come about as I have aged myself, thinking about transitions. How do we transition into different stages of our lives? And what are the things that's more important for you as you transition? Mm. Fascinating. Mm. What are what are some of the things that you've got on the horizon then? Is there anything there that you're ready to share with us? Well, I, I think that some of the things that we have done, I love a quote by Carl Jung, the psychotherapist who talked about the, the rules that you had in the morning of your life doesn't apply in the afternoon of your life. And in the evening of your life, the things that were that you held uh, to be true will suddenly all seem to be lies. Yeah, it's quite confronting, actually, that quote. Yeah. And uh, but what it has, but it, what it has made me do is really think myself around. Okay, so how has my life evolved, and what are the things I want to spend time looking at now? Earlier this year with a friend of mine who is a yoga teacher. Her name is Fiona, Fiona Hai. Fiona and I ran a six-week face-to-face program on conscious aging. And that was an experiment uh, that we did, and it went extremely well. The key, though, was that for most of the people who came for the program, they were not keen to participate because the, the biggest pushback I get, Jürgen, is when I talk about it, is people saying, why do I want to be conscious about aging? <laughs> <laughs> right. Prefer to lie about my age. <laughs> right. I know I'm aging. I want to be yeah, in yeah. denial about it. Yeah. <laughs> why do I need to be conscious about it? Mm. So in that way so but when we started talking about it and and you know we put obviously over the weeks a number of different exercises people found it's actually about how do we think about some of the positive aspects of aging because i think the stereotypes of aging is actually very bad right it's all about getting mm -hmm. poor decrepit etc etc which you know eventually does happen however there are also lots of benefits that come out of it so how do we actually appreciate that and it's also mm. around how to become an elder and in today's world, so this my bias coming in, is I think we don't somehow, we have forgotten the role of elders and elderhood. And how do we create more 
how do we create that space for wisdom? Yeah, yeah, wisdom. I was just going to say wisdom is a, a big part of that, isn't it? And if kind of thinking back to my corporate days, certainly when I left the corporate world, there was a trend there that, you know, once you hit 55 or even 50, you were sort of over the hill and people, any any reorganisation, those people were the first that got pushed out. And sometimes it was such that in the organisation I was at, there were a couple of times where I thought, you know, there's masses of experience and wisdom and know-how that's suddenly gone now. Mm -hmm. And how do you replace that? Then, of course, thinking back, because I had the same experience then later on, mm. it, thinking back is how do you, with that wisdom and knowledge and experience, then contribute back in a way? So that that's kind of that elderhood, isn't it? Correct. Which is something you've done, right? Because you have been able mm. to rebrand and reinvent yourself, which is something that for a lot of individuals who come into that age group, say 50, between say 50 and 70, are, are people who have to somehow think about reinvention. Given our current COVID-19 scenario, think of all those people who had planned for retirement are now having mm. to rethink all those, right? Because obviously your yeah, investments yeah. have been hit. Um, and the the impact that it's had on just the property and prices and families and health and lots of people have been rethinking that the whole thing around do we want to actually stay in the city can we move to the country can, you know lots of it has really i think generated a lot of thinking for people um, mm. and and part of conscious aging is actually rather than being in denial of some of these things is how do we actually embrace them and think about what are some of the things I need to be conscious of. So let me give you an example, Jürgen. Uh, we did also recently a series, a four-stage series, or a webinar series on conscious aging. And one, was, one of the topics was on death and dying. And we all know the importance of writing a will, for instance, right? Having a will. I mean, and it's not something you do when you're younger, because of course, when you're younger, you think it'll never happen, death will never happen to you. But as you get older, it's certainly something, one of those things you say, well, I, I need to have that in place. Now, it's not, and there are many people who have a superstition around, well, I don't want to do that because that's inviting bad luck. Or there are many cultures around the world who say, let's not talk about death because that's inviting bad luck. Nevertheless, when we are dead and we are gone, the issue is not for those of us who have gone. It's actually for those people left behind, right? They have to clean up the mess. Hmm. They, they have to actually work out what do we do with things and how did the person, what would they like? And, you know, so it's all that sort of stuff. How do you have those conversations? Because it's inevitable, the two things, right? Inevitable in life, death and taxes. Yeah. Right? So we That's pay right. our we pay our taxes, <laughs> but we don't want to deal with the death part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, reluctantly pay the taxes, and the other thing we deny, just yeah. like the age. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, there's a you know the example of the will. There's a whole lot of 
emotional stuff that comes into that as well, isn't there, in terms of having conversations around, well, who gets what in terms of material possessions? Yeah. And, um, yeah, what happens to me when I die? You know, what, where do I get buried or... Or I want to be cremated and yes. put on put it put, scattered under the trees in the forest is is my my kind of thing. And other people may say, "Well, that's horrible," mm, mm, um, mm. and they don't want to do that. So there's there's kind of all these emotional conversations that you end up getting into, and people avoid that, don't they? That's right. That's right. So how mm. do we, in fact, have those conversations so that those people are clear about what your final wishes are? And I love one of the quotes that one of my mentors in this field, Chip Connolly, talks about. He says, you spend the first half of your life accumulating things, and the second half of your life, you're actually giving them away. Mm. right? Because you suddenly come to that stage of realization going, gosh, you know, I can't take any of these things with me. Yeah, yeah. Right? So what do I do with them all? So, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's, I, I think it's just a way of, you know, it's our own, it's, it's our, it's our, it's our thinking. How do we transition? So th those are things, those are the ideas I want to, I want to play around with. And, uh, you know, and as much as I love the cultural diversity piece, the cultural intelligence piece, I've, I've been in it now for so many years. I love it. I also feel that part of progress for yourself and growth is also exploring different fields, growing, you know, so I want to grow and learn more about this field of conscious aging. And, you know, and what I see, I hopefully, is the link between conscious aging and culture. Mm. That, that would be well, a nice link. Yeah. Well, I think there is an obvious link to me. I see that. Mm. So I'm really excited to see where this leads. And... Um, Indeed. So we're going to get tuned in <laughs> to what's yeah. coming up next. Mm. But of course, I do want to say to all the listeners, thank you so very much for your support over the many years, regardless of how long you've been listening to this series of podcasts. I know some of you have been listening ever since the first one came out more than three years ago. I really want to uh, really acknowledge you for your support and thank you for that. And if you do have any questions, then please don't hesitate to reach out. And if you do get value out of the podcast and you miss it, miss it, and you think it's something that I should keep on doing, then again, you know, shoot me a note. Because if I get enough people asking for it, then I may be tempted to say, well, it's let, let's just go back to doing it because it is a service that we offer, right? It is, in fact, my way of giving more, giving back to the world. It's, it's, you know, it's a pro bono thing that I do, and it's part of my way of spreading knowledge into the world. Mm. Yes, and I echo that. Thanks for all the listeners, and it's been fun to be on the show with you, Tom, and have these conversations. It's certainly been a learning experience for me, and um, yeah, all the best for the conscious aging journey. Indeed, we'll, we'll stay tuned. What happens right. next? Yes. Mm. Okay. See you, Yoga. Thank you for being part of the conversation for all this while. It's been great to have you as a, a bouncing, sounding uh, partner discussion for for all this as well so mm, take care i've loved it yep and of course we'll be in touch indeed all right bye everyone bye for now thanks for joining us on cq for global leaders 
To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.